Awesome. <laughs> awesome, awesome. How are you guys doing this morning? Yeah, this is a little different, huh? Wait, why is the, why is the pastor up there already? You'll, get, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Um, hey, real quick, I, I, don't, I didn't, couldn't hear everything that Didi said, but uh, Wednesday night there's no Bible study, no children's ministry. But there is youth group. So if you know your, your teenage granddaughters, grandsons, your sons, your daughters, and they need a place to go on Wednesday that's cool, that's happening, that's fun, and they just, you want them to know Jesus, force them to come, you know? Like, uh, cuff them. I don't do that. Um, but hey, invite them. Let's get them here because Jesus wants to do a work in their life whether they know it or not. He already has a plan for their life. So come, show up. Uh, it's going to be a fun night, right? Awesome. Awesome. Hey, this morning we are on Baptism Sunday. How many of y'all remember the first time you got baptized? I say first time because multiple of us have gotten baptized twice, right? We believe baptism is a choice that you make not something that someone makes for you. I want you to hear that. We believe baptism is a response to what God is doing. And this morning, we're going to have an opportunity. Maybe you came here and you're like, man, I don't even know like, why I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm helping someone celebrate, but I don't understand it. I'm here to tell you that I hope to clear that up today. I hope that you understand everything that there is to do with baptism today uh, that I know anyway. Cool? Awesome, awesome. So let's dig in. First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 20 says this. Those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat, only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And the water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean, from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, baptism is an outward sign of what God has already done on the inside, what Jesus has already done on the inside. See, we said, Jesus, come into my life. Wash me clean. Water, water in this aspect does not wash your spirit clean. It does not wash you clean like Jesus does. What it does is it represents you saying, Lord, I want to die to you. And you, you enter the water, and then it says, Lord, I want to come to life, and I want to announce it to the world. I've come today to help people announce their salvation to the world, saying, Jesus, I want to live for you all the days of my life, and I want everyone to know it. See, it's not a lighthearted thing. You don't do baptism just to become saved. You don't do a baptism just to say, you know what, I, I just need to check the list. It's not about that. It's about saying, hey, I'm choosing to live an outward life for Christ. Yeah, I'll probably mess up, but guess what? Jesus saved me. He showed up. He showed his grace for me. He came and sought me out, and he recognized me. And in that, for all of that, I'm going to give him a response saying, Lord, I'm here to tell the world that you live. Right? So Jesus is coming, and he's saying, hey, come on. Come be with me. Now, some of y'all are like, what has Jesus got to do with this? Jesus died on the cross. Because sin entered the world through a man named Adam and a woman named Eve. Let's not leave it out, right? Sorry, ladies. They're both to blame for sin. Now, in the Bible, the Bible normally says Adam. Adam. But you and I both know that they're not the only ones that sinned. I've stepped into it. I've sinned before. You know, 
everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But today, we have an opportunity to help, I think it's six or seven people, it just keeps on growing on me, um, people say, I'm choosing to respond to what Jesus has already done in my life, and I want to live it out. I want to live out what Jesus did for me. I want to live it out so my friends know, so my strangers know, so the world will know who he is. See, Jesus didn't die just for me. He didn't die just for for you. I'm going to move this up. It feels like it's a little far back. There. Um, You know, that's weird. I'm OCD, right? Any OCD fans? Come on. Um, Jesus, Jesus came to save us from ourselves. How many of us have ever recognized that in our life? Like Jesus, I, you know, Lord, I want saving from the world. No, I want saving from myself because it's, it's me who gets myself in trouble. You know, it's, it's you who gets yourself in trouble. And I'm saying like, Lord, I want to step through it. And I don't want to just step through it. I want, I want friends. So they're announcing it to you today to say, hey, I want friends to help me walk through the struggle of life. And so they're asking you by coming up out of that water, will you not just keep me accountable, but will you be my friend? Will you be my friend today? Help me walk through this. Will you show me grace when grace isn't there to be shown? Will you show me mercy when I can't feel it anywhere? Will you give me the response that I need because Jesus is coming? He's coming to to wreck this world, to save this world, to bring this world to a wholeness of who he is. That's why we get baptized. Luke 3, 21 through 24 says this, One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. See, even Jesus was baptized. And I remember this story so clear. In one of the other Gospels, it talks about how Jesus went to John the Baptist and said, I want you to baptize me. And he goes, No, I'm not worthy of baptizing you. I'm here to tell you that it doesn't take a minister to baptize you. You're going to see that today, that it doesn't take a minister to baptize someone. Because the scripture in Matthew also talks about how he, he's, Jesus says, now go and do likewise. And he also says, go baptize everyone. Like, go, share the gospel, and baptize them, and teach them to obey all the commands of my life. Like, here. And so it doesn't take someone special to baptize you. It takes your mind to be made right with Christ and your heart to be pure in motive. Jesus didn't die so that you could go to some pope and be like, Pope, baptize me. No offense. I mean, that's cool. Like, if the pope's ever around and he's saying, hey, I want to baptize some people, I'm going. But I don't want you to sprinkle me, pope. I want you to dip me. You know? Like, then I can be like, the pope dipped me. The pope done it. You know? How many of us would like, Anyone, just like, I just want the story. I want, I want the testimony of what God has done in my life to be made known. That's why we baptize. That's why, why it's so important that we take that symbol, that, that response of going down into the water to represent the death of Christ and coming back up to represent the resurrection of Jesus. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. Hold on, wait, what's that mean? It means I've gone to the grave with Jesus but it's I who no longer live. See, my old self stayed in that grave, but I came out Jesus because Jesus is the reason I live. 
Jesus is my motive. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way. He's the light. He's the salt. He's the everything. And if I'm not accepting that, if I'm not pouring that over my body every day, I'll lose my saltiness. I'll lose my life. I'll lose my breath. Jesus himself proclaimed to the world he would strive for a life that is clean. And he fulfills scripture with that verse. Titus 3, 4 through 7 says this. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. This next part is crazy. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. I want you to know something. Baptism isn't for the good people. It's not for the people who have done everything right their whole life. Baptism isn't for how good you can be, but because of how bad you once were. Jesus is okay with you not being okay. Because there's nothing perfect in us. or we, we, are, we will never be perfect, but Christ will be perfect in us. Right? You, you, I'm sorry, can I tell you this? As lovely as you are, as lovely as I'm not, you know what I'm saying? As lo- lovely as we all are, there's nothing good in me except for Jesus. He is the reason I strive for goodness. He is the reason I strive for righteousness. But it takes him to get there. It takes him to be the person he's called me to be. He saved us not because of righteousness and the things we had done, but because of his mercy. Mercy. It's an important word with baptisms. It's an important word when you choose to live for Jesus. Because he showed you grace with the cross, but he gave you mercy with salvation. What you deserved, you did not get. You hear that? What you deserved, you did not get. He showed you mercy by not giving you the destruction of your life, but giving you the building up of his kingdom in your life. See, baptism is saying, hey, I want that kingdom, world. I want that kingdom. Don't pull me back, lift me up in Christ. Don't pull me away, but build me up in Jesus. Don't pull me away, but create something new in me that's going to represent you even better than I can on my own. Baptism is about what Jesus wants to do through you, not what you can do through yourself. Half of us think, oh, it's about me. I'll, I'll be that guy. Here. Half the time, I'm like looking at it going, Lord, what is it that I can do? I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. Why? Because of me. But the Lord says it's not about you. And baptism, when I was baptized, it was my responsibility to get baptized so that the others around me saw that and could say, Ben, would you stop living for yourself? Would you stop doing this stuff for yourself? Because it's Jesus that you got to do it for. Half the time, we don't even think about that because we, we're like, oh, I just want to get baptized because i got to be saved. There's such confusing messages out there right now. And it says, I just read, read what it says, that baptism is a picture. It's a response. It doesn't remove dirt from your body. Salvation removes dirt from your body, the disgusting from your body. Baptism, baptism is just obeying God's first command. He said, now that you're saved, go get, go get clean. What, you, what? You just said it's not about dirt. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about 
representing death and cleaning yourself from death to life. It's not about the dirt. It's about going from death, rottenness, to living a life pure and seeking it. That's the representation of baptism. And so it goes on here in Titus, and it says, uh, He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Mercy cleansed me from my disease. Mercy cleansed me from my defects. Mercy cleansed me from my sin. Not the water. Not the water that we're going to be baptized in today, but the living water that Jesus offers. The spiritual water that Jesus cleanses us with. That says, when Jesus was with the woman at the well, he said, I can give you a new water that you will never be thirsty again. That's the water we're not getting baptized in today. Because hopefully, everyone who's been baptized has already tasted of that water. That water comes from Jesus, not from the faucet. Jesus wants to do something new in our lives today. He wants you to support and cheer and rant and rave because there's salvation in this room. The Holy Spirit wants to be poured out on us today. He wants to direct us today. Just like Jesus coming out of the water, the Holy Spirit showed up and, and, and was on him. It never left him. Salvation does that in your life. If you don't knew, know Jesus, I'm going to give you an opportunity to know him. I'm going to share a story about him uh, soon. But if you don't know him, I want you to. Because there's a goodness that you haven't tasted that I want you to taste today. There's a life that you haven't tasted that I want you to taste today. Maybe you've fallen away. Maybe you have tasted a little bit of it. You've like said, Jesus, I'm all in, but then you've run away. I want you to taste that too. But before we get there, I want to tell you the reason we have eternal life. I already did that. Anyway, Mark 16, 15 says this. Jesus is speaking and he says this. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes is baptized and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. I want to look at that because it can be confusing with what I just said, right? Anyone who believes and is baptized? Look at the next sentence. Look at the next sentence for a second. I'm going to teach you something. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. This is where we get that Jesus tells us our first commandment is to believe, and then right after belief, go get baptized. It's out of obedience that we get baptized in Christ. It's out of obedience that we do this physical sign of what God has already done on the inside. Because when we believe, when we say, Jesus, come into my life, a new thing happens. But why do we say that? Jesus came to this world. We're about to celebrate Christmas. And, and Christmas, we celebrate the birth of a Savior. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. He came into this world as a baby, as a lowly baby. He was born in a barn. How many of you have ever said, have you ever been born in a barn? Right? No, literally, he was born in a barn, not because he left the light on, not because he left the door open, but because he was born in a barn amongst animals. And they found a manger, which was where 
typically the cows and the animals ate from. And they made a bed out of the manger so that when Mary gave birth to Jesus, his first bed was lowly. Think about that. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes and he was born, not as a king would be, not as someone important would be born, but as someone who was poor, broken, diseased, would have been born. There was no room for them in the inn, so they had to go to the barn, and he was born. And he lived 33 years of his life on this planet. And at age 12, roughly, he starts teaching in the, in the synagogue, in the temple. And he's living this life as a symbol of how we ought to live our life. And he's teaching, and his parents forget him in Jerusalem at the temple. I'm going to have the band come on up. And as he's teaching, his parents start frantically looking for him. And they're wondering where their kid could have gone. And they find him in the temple, and his first words to his mom are, Mom, he says woman in the Bible that I read. Woman, don't you know I'd be about my father's business? Don't you know I'd be teaching the gospel? Don't you know I'd be teaching them what the truth is? Don't you know I'd be teaching them what they should already know? Don't you know I'd be doing this? Because he was living a life not for himself, but for his father in heaven. See, Jesus is saying today to somebody, I want you to flip your life around. Because at 12 years old, he's teaching the word of God. At 30, finding 12 followers minimum to follow him. And he's teaching them how to live their life, how to obey, how to go forward, how to lift him up. And he gives them a command, go and baptize those who believe making them disciples, teaching them to obey all my commands. And he takes on the cross. Not for the Sadducees and Pharisees. Not for the disciples. Not for his mom. But what's crazy is the story of the cross doesn't start at the cross. It starts in the garden. Stay up with me. Stay up with me. The kids, they're just tired. Anyone ever be there? Like I was there the other night. Meredith's hanging out. I'm like, man, I'm falling asleep. It is no fun hanging out with somebody who's sleeping on the couch. Get it? So there's a wake-up call. And Jesus wakes him up and says, can't you just go with me? Can't you just be with me? Don't you know what's about to happen? You're going to lose me forever on this planet physically. Don't you know your time is going to be cut short with me? What's really cool about that is Jesus goes back and prays. And he's praying hard. He's praying so hard that his, his sweat turns to blood. And then the guards, the Roman soldiers come up they're wanting to arrest Jesus. And Peter shows up with his sword and cuts off the ear of one of the guards. 
You know what Jesus does? He doesn't condemn Peter. He doesn't condemn the guard. He picks the ear up, puts it back on the guard's head, and heals him. Even though the guard is arresting him to send him to death, he heals him. How many of us need that healing today? It's not done yet. Jesus, he, he allows them. He doesn't even resist. How many of us have ever resisted arrest? I'm not going to raise my hand for that. Um, Jesus puts his hands out. They, they cuff him and they, they take him off. He doesn't resist. He, he just walks up and says, here I am. He goes to court. And the court system finds him innocent and the Jews find him guilty and they convict him and, and the Romans say, okay, well, we'll do it. They give him 39 lashes because 40 lashes is a death sentence. They whip you 40 times and leave you to die. 39 there's still more to come. And they're whipping him with the cat of nine tails. If you don't know what a cat of nine tails is, it has nine tails. It's a whip. It's at nine tails. And there's glass and sharp rock and all these pieces tied into the end. And as they whip, they drag it across the skin to rip skin off. And as they're doing that, they're mocking him. They're spitting at him. They're casting lots for clothing through this whole process. He's naked done doing that. He's in his jail cell. They come and put a crown of thorns on his head. They don't just set it on the head like he would a king. But they make sure there's marks. And they push it all the way in. And blood starts streaming. He never once tried to escape. He never once said, I can't do this anymore. See, what happens next is pretty amazing. As he's been whipped 39 times, the crown of thorns been on his head, he's been spat at, he's been made fun of, now he has to be a mockery. And he has to carry his cross to the top of the hill. Called Golgotha. And he's carrying it. Someone comes to help. You know, they force him to help, but he's carrying it. He carries it up the mountain just so they can take his hands and his feet and nail him to it done mocking him, not done making fun of him, not done persecuting him, because then they put a sign above his head that says, King of the Jews. The Romans thought that was funny. The Jews hated it. Maybe you feel like that today. Maybe you feel like everywhere you go, you're being persecuted, you're just being beaten down, you're being, you're being made fun of because of the life you live. Jesus was saying something in that moment. He says, I am doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. He lived a poor life. He lived a life that most people would be broken in. And he still reigned. He was put on the cross and, and they, they mocked him. They spit at him. They cast lots for his clothing. And he sat there naked in front of people. And as the Jews, or as the Romans are mocking him, he says, nothing to them, but he looks to the Father and says, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You can be forgiven, even if you don't know what you're doing, because of what Jesus Christ did. It's that story, because what happens next is he dies, 
takes his last breath. An earthquake happens. Darkness covers the world. The, this thick curtain, it's like, I forget how long, it's like 12 inches thick. Someone will correct me on that. Um, and it rips in half. later, there's a grave that they put him in. If you want to find out the, the middle stuff, go read it in one of the Gospels, but there's a grave they put him in. And all of a sudden, the rock is rolled away, and Jesus is not to be found in that grave. He shows up to Mary at the gravesite and says, why are you fearful. Why are you crying? Don't you know I'm right here? He says in different terms, but you know. And then next, they go back and they tell the disciples, and in the upper room, all of a sudden, a locked room, all the windows shut and locked, the doors are locked, a man appears, and he says, I'm here. And they all see him, and they're like, Jesus! Because death couldn't hold him. And he's made it available through the resurrection of who he is. Through his resurrection, you have the opportunity to live forever in, with Christ in heaven. But it takes your faith, your belief, your action to get to a point where you can say, Jesus, I need you, because it's your choice. You know, it's, there's doubters. I got a story about that too, I promise. I'm, I'm almost done. I gotta tell my wife because she's like, will you shut up? She says it during the week too, so. No, you don't. She's real kind. She's she's awesome. Thomas is told Jesus lives. A disciple is told Jesus lives. Jesus, the man who died on the cross. I saw him die! John! I saw him die. Don't tell me my savior, my master, who I thought was everything, is alive because he died. The only way I'll believe you is if I can put my hands in the holes in his hands, my finger in the hole in his hand, or my hand in the side where he was speared. That might have been the wrong time. Then Jesus shows up. Thomas, you see it, because the Bible talks about how Thomas goes, Savior! And he says, no, 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 no. I heard what you said. Here are my hands. Here are my feet. Here's the hole in my side. Feel it and see I'm real. See that I'm alive. Because death and the grave can't hold him. And because of all of that, he brought salvation to a world that was completely condemned. Because of all that, we can find out what it means to be baptized and saved. Because after that, he said, I'm going to send someone better. It's called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit showed up in an upper room, and the gospel started flowing through their mouth in different languages. And people started getting saved daily through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. You want access to that power? You want eternal life? You want to live forever in the kingdom of God with gold roads and pearly gates and all the fun and greatness of who he is, maybe you want to just live this life under his authority. I want to give you an opportunity. I want you to take this serious because remember what he did on the cross. 
Remember what he did before the cross. He lived an example, not for me to live or you to live, but all of us. And he did it all. He did the cross for all of us. And I can be selfish with this because he was not selfish with it. You want to know Jesus? I want you to come forward. I want you to come forward. I want, I want prayer team, elders, whatever, come forward. You're going to get ready to pray for him. But if you want Jesus, if it's the first time, I want you to come up. If it's the 34th time, I want you to come up. If it's the 900th time, I want you to come up. Maybe you've walked away from Jesus. Maybe you've, you've stepped back and said, I don't know, God. I don't know if this is what I want. But you're saying yes to Jesus now. I want you to come up. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity right now, right here, right today. In the clothes you're wearing, you have an opportunity to get baptized. Let's not let the full go to waste. This is your full. This is for you today. If you're saying, Jesus, I need you, come on. Thank you guys. 